This is Open to Hope Radio, featuring Dr. Gloria Horsley and her daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley, coming to you on behalf of the Open to Hope Foundation, dedicated to those who are looking for hope after loss. Welcome to the Open to Hope Show in partnership with the Compassionate Friends. I'm your host, Dr. Heidi Horsley, and I'm here today with my co-host, Alan Peterson, the Executive Director of the Compassionate Friends. Welcome to the show, Alan. Thank you, Heidi. Thank you for uh, having me. Uh, Let me uh, fill in as co-host, which I often do for yourself or your um, uh, Dr. Gloria Horsley, who is off on safari, and you couldn't have picked a better day to have me co-host then today because uh, this particular program um, is um, about a topic that is one I love in grief that we don't hear enough about, and it's about inspiration. And our guest today, I believe, is really going to inspire people. You know, grief and loss, uh, you know, we tell our stories and, and, and we have every right to, and, and we live our pain. And love lives on when our child dies, um, as is the case with myself and your brother Scott, and with our guest today when her son died. But love lives on, and how can we express that love? How do we continue to express that love in a world telling us to, um, you know, that doesn't want us to talk about our loss? And uh, our guest today does it in a fantastic way something that I'm very familiar with. So I'm excited to talk about um, uh, inspiration today and how we honor those we love who have died. So um, it's going to be a good show. It is, and it was interesting, Alan, because, you know, you don't know the lineup of shows that I have before you agree to co-host. And today when I gave you this lineup, you said, oh, my gosh, I know this organization. And you're going to tell us in a little bit how you do, but we are going to talk about Ben's Bell's Project, and our guest today is Jeanette Murray. Um, And so it's going to be the perfect topic for you, Alan, because you were very familiar with this organization, and it had a big impact on you. And let me tell you a little bit about Jeanette. I want to make sure I pronounce her last name right. Um, Jeanette Murray is the founder and executive director of Ben's Bell's Project. Ben's Bell's is named in honor of her young son, Ben, who died suddenly in 2002. The mission is to inspire, educate, and motivate people to realize the impact of intentional kindness. Hundreds of local organizations have been recruited to make bells with more than 25,000 annual volunteers, which is unbelievably phenomenal. So I want to welcome you, Jeanette, to the show today. Oh, my goodness. I'm over here grinning from ear to ear because that was just the most remarkable introduction from both of you. Thank you so much for having me. Well, well go on, uh, Ellen. Yeah, I mean, we are, we're excited to have you. I love, you know, your mission is just such a beautiful mission to inspire, educate, and motivate people to realize the impact of intentional kindness and to empower individuals to act according to that awareness and uh, thereby strengthening ourselves, our relationships, and our communities. And, Jeanette, I just want to tell you that your organization is very inspirational to me. I will share a little later um, how I came to know you and um, how it affected me. But will you tell the world out there, Ben's Bells does this wonderful work and has this wonderful 
mission, and it touches so many lives. But tell us how Ben's Bells was started. Uh, what event in your life happened that um, that caused you to go into uh, to founding this wonderful nonprofit? Oh, thanks for the opportunity to talk about Ben, my sweet boy. Um, Ben's Bells was founded in his memory, and I have I have two sons. My son Matt was almost six years old, and my son Ben was nearly three when he died uh, very suddenly and unexpectedly of croup virus, which of course is typically a pretty mundane uh, virus that lots of people experience. But in Ben's case, it uh, settled into his airway and and caused his airway to swell shut very acutely and very suddenly. And so my family went from, you know, having this sort of regular, happy little life to being thrust into this, you know, incredible grief experience that uh, you all and the listeners know about. Um, I didn't know what to do with all of that pain and all of that sadness, and I didn't know how to keep going, how to keep doing my job and keep being a mother to Matt and keep, you know, going to the grocery store and all of those things. But fortunately, I was surrounded by people who had the courage to come in and offer my family kindness in every single way from every every direction. And you all know what I'm talking about. You know, they, they exactly. brought us food and they cleaned our house and they drove Matt to school and they wrote us cards and they told us stories. And, and it went on and on. And I very quickly realized that that kindness uh, was not taking away the sadness <laughs> because I actually needed to feel that sadness. But what it was doing was profound in that it was helping reduce the suffering that I was experiencing. And I started to realize that sadness and suffering are, are two very, very different things. And the more supported I was by kindness, the more I could just feel the sadness uh, in a pure way instead of uh, having it heaped onto with all of the other uh, scary and shameful and all the other you know, emotions that we feel when we're grieving. And not only did I need the people who knew me to be kind to me, but I need everybody to be kind to me, even complete strangers on the street, um, who, of yeah. course, had no idea what I was going through by looking at me. But people would. Strangers would hold open doors, and they would smile, and they would let me into traffic. And each of those, uh, you know, what we call acts of kindness that seem small were not small. They were huge. They were life-saving. They were like oxygen to me during that time. And I found myself wanting to tell people, you know, some innocent, you know, I was teaching at the University of Arizona at that time, and some innocent, you know, 19-year-old student would smile at me and say good morning or hold a door, and I would want to, you know, say, you know, I know you think you're just holding up at a door and then it's no big deal, but, you know, blah, here's my whole story. Uh, and I yeah. didn't do that because I didn't want to scare him. But the idea of geez, you know, we need to talk about kindness more and in a way that is, is, is deeper and more profound and, you know, not think kindness is just this, you know, rainbows and butterflies kind of thing. And so Ben's Bells is the way we came up with to, to celebrate Ben's life and to, to really shine a light on the kindness that was keeping us going. And Ben's Bells are these very, very beautiful ceramic wind chimes, and they're special because the pieces of them are made by community, by volunteers. So, you know, the, each, each Ben's Bell is made up of three beautiful hand-sculpted beads, and then there's a, a flower centerpiece, and then it's all together with a metal bell on the bottom. And we say by the time one Ben's Bell is finished, at least 10 different people have worked on it. Wow. So people wow. who don't even know each other. 
So each bell is symbolic of community and connection and this idea that, you know, we may not know each other, but there's a lot we can do to make our communities more supportive and more caring. Um, and, and that's what Ben's bells are symbolic of. And then what we did was we, we, so we made these originally in my garage. And on the first anniversary of Ben's death, we hung out 400 of them around Tucson with a, with a note on them that said, you have a Ben's bell, take it home and remember to spread kindness. Wow, I so love this. You can't this. buy a Ben's bell. You have to find one. I love <laughs> this. Uh, and then what happened was the people who had found bells, you know, we, we don't thought we were going to leave it at that. We're doing one distribution of Ben's bells, but the people who found bells had stories to tell of their own about grief and about healing and about hope. And so we realized that we had struck on on a need in the community. And so we continued Ben's bells and in a very, you know, sort of slow at the beginning and then then rapidly building way because the energy around it was so strong and now today it's uh been 15 years since ben died um we've hung out over 60 that's six zero thousand ben's bells that's amazing and uh, the, the organization has grown and and really in and we offer a lot of kindness education programming in schools and businesses and around the community that's well, amazing. Want, that was a mouthful. Uh, so it, 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 it took yeah, on mean, a life it, of its, it's own, it's obviously. A, it's a beautiful story. I want to, um, so I want to tell you how your organization touched uh, a bereaved parent that you weren't aware of. My daughter Ashley died in August of 2001, and my dad lived in Tucson, Arizona. And on one oh. of my trips down there, I don't know if it was in the Tucson paper or on the news, but I, I believe it was Ben's anniversary date, and I learned about Ben's bells. And at that time, I was a singer-songwriter. I'm like, you know, I was so touched by it. I thought, you know, what can I do in my life? So my life journey took me out on the road speaking and playing my music that I'd written. And so oh, wow. um, a, a year or two after that, I created something called the Five H's of Grief that people I see walking through their grief have these five H's in their life, and their hurt and their hope, help, honor is the fourth, and the fifth one is healing. And so mm -hmm. I was traveling around the country, and, and when I got to honor, I would give examples of how people, and I would tell the story of Ben's Bells. I have told that story <gasps> seriously in probably two, 300 cities across the United States. Oh, you're and kidding would, me. That's no. amazing. Well, to me, it, it, it what I love about it, first of all, is, and I want to ask you, um, I mean, we could interview you for an hour and mm -hmm. probably uh, not scratch the surface, but reaching, doing something, you know, we, we did a radio show earlier with somebody who worked in advocacy to change laws, and, and they're coming from more of a place of anger, but it's an anger that, their son died senselessly from somebody running a stop sign. And that works yeah. for her. That particular advocacy yeah. works for that person. But you're coming from the other side. And, and what I love about these shows is that you're coming from the side of kindness. And, um, and so, you know, that we need both of those in the grief world because it helps us heal. Mm -hmm. Talk a little bit about your grief journey. What, what doing Ben's Bells, um, how it's helped you. Um, how it's uh, kept you connected to Ben. Um, could you tell us a little bit uh, about that? Sure. Well, I want to emphasize that the work we do around kindness is very, very 
real. <laughs> it's not sort of, like I said, rainbows and butterflies or very Pollyanna or, you know, oh, just be nice to each other. What I realized was that people didn't know what to do or say to me after Ben died. They didn't have, a lot of people didn't have that skill set. We always talk about kindness being a skill set. And if you don't have the skill set, you can't, you can't pull out those skills, right? And so, um, so for me, the whole kindness thing comes from not just sort of a purely hopeful and, and this is, this is um, wonderful sort of way, but also, geez, you know, there's, we can do a whole lot better too, all of us, myself included, um, talk about kindness in a way that uh, is sort of a growth, growth mindset around kindness. How do we do this better? So for me, uh, that gave me and my family the opportunity to gather with people, with friends, with family, and then eventually with a lot of people we didn't even know, um, sort of working toward a common goal. Um, working with Clay gives you sort of just enough distraction to take the edge off, but not too much distraction to sort of allow you to get into denial. So it was a really great artistic yeah. outlet for me to be able to um, focus my energies on. And, and, and for me, cr creating art and creating something was really important after Ben died. Um, the most powerful thing for me was just the people that it allowed me to meet. I, I right. very quickly was able to sort of move from that, um, you know, it's all about me, and I don't mean this in a bad way, but that sort of that sort of really self-focused place where we have to be after our child dies. But it allowed me to move into that place of, you know, I am not alone in this. There are so many people going through so many hard things. Um, not a misery loves company sort of place, but wow, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm having a really human experience here and it helped me, it helped me understand that I wasn't losing my mind. And, uh, I met people that gave me a lot of hope. I met people who became sort of mentors for me in my, in my grief process. So Ben Fells and the people it brought me in contact with became a hugely important part of, uh, the, the myriad strategies that I used, uh, during that, that most intense time to, to make sure that I could move through uh, through the really, really painful and, and, and scary part in a healthy way. And Jeanette, I noticed that you have a, a, a presence in Connecticut now too, right? We do. We do. And, that, you know, a word I use with Ben's cells a lot is organic because mm -hmm. the, the growth of Ben's cells and the spread of it has been very, very organic. And we are in Newtown, Connecticut, because of the murders at Sandy Hook School. Mm -hmm. um, and we and we are not there because we decided we were going to go open there, you know, like here we come to save the day kind of thing. But rather, so many local people from the area reached out to us and um, just really appreciated the symbol of the bells and the hands-on art experience as a way for a grieving community to be able to, uh, you know, convert some of that energy into, into something positive. Well, that's so what I was going to we say, were, too. You're giving people ahead, something to do, not yeah. just right. the idea of being kind, but like giving them something to do as they're processing their grief and working through it. Exactly. Exactly. And this sitting together, you know, with people and just sort of chatting and, and, and learning about each other and listening to each other and sharing our own stories is, you know, it's cathartic. And, and that's what that art, that an art experience that doesn't require a lot of art technique uh, skill, right? Because people, art can freak people out if, if they feel like they can't do it. But Ben's cells are very, very accessible. Anybody can make Ben's cells. You don't have to have any artistic talent. So we found that, you know, we found families, you know, bringing their kids in and, and it was a great way for them to be able to talk about health, about 
grief and about healing and about hope and about other people and their stories. And, um, and so it's been really remarkable and humbling and really an honor to be able to um, be part of the, of the work that's happening in Newtown and the surrounding areas um, after that, you know, just extremely. Well, you know, um, Jeanette, I think one thing about honoring, and it's why I talk about it so much, it's my, it's actually my favorite subject in grief to talk about. And, uh, you know, Heidi honors her brother Scott through the Open to Hope Foundation and her service with the Compassionate Friends. And, you know, I do it uh, with my work at the Compassionate Friends and through my music. My first CD was called Ashley's Songbook. But I think why I always um, recommend it so highly to people, and like I, I, I tell people, not everybody can build a new wing to the hospital or put a set of ball fields in the center of town. But there are right. no insignificant ways to honor. But what's beautiful about it, I always tell people, is that doing this work has allowed me to take Ashley to work with me every day of my life. And, yes, mm, love, love lives that. on and she's in my heart, but I literally get to work with Ashley and talk about Ashley. And the work you do certainly has uh, kept Ben's name. We love to hear their name. Um, so what would you say to somebody out there? who doesn't know, doesn't know what they can do, uh, what, what, what would you tell somebody who feels helpless, hopeless, and wants to do something to keep, to honor their loved one or their child or their brother, their sister, their grandchild? Uh, what advice would you give them? Well, I would, I would echo what you just said, is that we, it, we don't have to do these big grant, what you know, seem like grand gestures, like, donating money for a wing of a hospital or whatever. I also don't have that kind of money. Um, but what the, the science tells us is that, that, you know, each interaction is an opportunity to really make a difference uh, in somebody's life. And so any connection we're making with other people, any, any, any good we're doing in the world, we have to understand how powerful that is in our local place and that that, that ripples outward. So in honoring somebody's child or their sibling or their parent or anybody who they love, if they are reaching out and connecting with anyone in any way, in a way that is positive and spreads kindness, that is huge. It's huge. That Each one of those interactions, uh, the researchers, one of the researchers that we, that we, uh, we read her work and, and quote her work a lot, she calls those micro moments of connection. And each one of those yeah. moments can spread something that you don't really even understand how it's spreading. So I've, I've, worked, I've met and worked with, you know, so many parents and um, who, who do feel like they're not doing enough. And, and it's just, you know what, anything we do that honors our child um, in a way that helps other people is huge. And that is definitely keeping our child alive. So, you know, whether that's doing acts of kindness in an intentional way, you know, with, with your child in mind, um, or starting an organization, and everybody can't start an organization, and we can, we obviously can't have that many organizations. So, so we have to know that everything we do um, that is positive in our child's name is making a difference. And I I agree with you. You know, you used the example earlier of of opening a door for somebody, and literally opening doors for people in California where I live, letting somebody into traffic in front of you that is a big deal. Huge. That is a yeah. that's a big gift out here. Well, how do people get a hold of you? How do they find your organization, learn more about Ben's Bells, how they can uh, help you? Um, where do they find you? Absolutely. Our website is bensbells.org, 
And we do pro- programming, kindness education is what we call it, and that's sort of the heart, the heart of our mission um, because, like I said, we believe kindness is a skill set that can be learned and practiced. And we have wonderful programming, including a program called Kind Campus, which is uh, an incredible you know, program for schools that is absolutely free. So people should um, feel free to contact us about having their um, local schools uh, participate. It's, a, it's all about getting kindness in the air, where it's just something we think about a lot and talk about a lot and um, learn to literally practice. So I uh, encourage people to, to learn how they can make the practice of kindness something that is just part of their life. Well, you inspired, your organization inspired this grieving daddy when he uh, was having trouble finding things to inspire him. And uh, we never know how many lives we touch when we reach out and honor those we love who have died. Fantastic story. Love what you're doing, Jeanette. Thanks so much. Heidi, this was uh this was inspirational. Absolutely. Thank you so much. I agree with what Ellen said, Jeanette. It is just phenomenal what you're doing, and I love that you're doing it to honor your son, Ben. And thank you so much for spreading so much love around the world. Oh, thank you both, and thank you for sharing your stories and, and all of the hope and inspiration you bring to so many people. It feels an honor to be a part of it. Thank you. Thanks. Well, Alan, I love that you had a backstory about about Ben's bells because I had no idea when I asked you to co-host this show. Yeah, it's, it's, love it. Yeah, it's so it's so great, and I still can't get over the fact that she has twenty five thousand annual volunteers. This this just took on a life form of its own. Absolutely, it touches all aspects of the community, which is just you know, and uh, you know, you start out with a good intention, a simple intention. And you really can make a difference in the world. And Jeanette is, and her organization and family are living proof of that. Absolutely. So for everybody out there today, just go out and do one small act of kindness because it will shift the way that you feel very, very quickly. And we want to say here at the Open to Hope Foundation, at the Compassionate Friends, thank you for listening today. And if you've lost hope, please lean on mine, Alan's, and Jeanette's until you find your own. Thank you for listening. You've been listening to Open to Hope Radio, hosted by Drs. Gloria and Heidi Horsley. Like today's edition, all of our past programs are available on demand at opentohope.com, along with helpful articles, videos, resources, and links to help get you through the toughest time of your life. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter and sign up for our monthly newsletter. Again, that's opentohope.com. Check it out today. Then be sure to stop by next Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific time when we'll be posting another edition of Open to Hope Radio. Remember, others have been where you are. They made it through, and you can too, as long as you're open to hope.